well, hey, what a great testimony by Sam. And actually, Sam's testimony perfectly illustrates what we're going to share today in our Theo series. This is the second in our series, and we're going to talk about God being the God of mercy. And I'm going to teach you something really important today. I'm going to teach you the reversal, uh, uh, the, the way things reverse in the way that God looks at things. Let me explain what I mean. But first, let us go to the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 2. It says this from verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions and sins. It is by grace you have been saved. Today we're going to talk about God, the merciful God, the God of mercy. And really, we're going to see that what should happen doesn't happen in the economy of God. Let me explain what I mean. We live in a world of conditioned responses. We expect natural consequences to happen. If you uh, eat in a certain way, you'll get a body that matches the way that you eat. If you work out, your muscles will grow in the way that you've worked out. If you study hard, then you should get a good result. If you do the crime, you'll pay the time. We all expect to live in this world of follow-on consequences. And there's a logic to that. But to understand the nature of God and to get our heads around of what the mercy of God means, it means that we take on the idea that when God looks at things spiritually, he reverses what should happen. That actually, that is mercy. When God steps in and says, that should happen that way, but I'm stepping in and reversing it and changing the outcome. Let's look at some definitions. Last week we talked about grace, and, and grace means that we get what we don't deserve, and we get abundance of life. Next week, Pastor Nick is going to talk to us about the God of justice, and, and justice essentially means getting what we do deserve. So grace is we get what we don't deserve. Justice is we get what we do deserve. But mercy is not getting what we deserve. Holding back what we deserve. Changing what should naturally happen and stepping in and saying, I am making a different outcome. You see, by his very nature, God is merciful. Way back in Exodus, the Lord says to Moses, and he reveals himself and says it this way, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, the Lord, or Yahweh, is the God of compassion, God of mercy. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish my unfailing love to a thousand generations, and I forgive iniquity and rebellion. And sure, the scripture goes on and says, if you resist... Then, then sin can travel down the generations. But that's perhaps another message. But let's be really clear. God's nature is that he's merciful. It means that he's willing to act in the opposite way to what is 
deserved. That he's willing to reverse the fortunes of people who perhaps have messed up. Mercy is his active compassion on the world. He sees how someone is. He sees what they deserve and then changes what happens. Isn't that an amazing thing? He, he blesses them anyway. He makes it so that that which should happen to them doesn't happen. And here's the thing. Some of us as Christians will be struggling with this. We'll be automatically computing in our minds. What about this? What about this? What about this? Uh, how, surely that's unfair. But here's the thing. Here's the thing for us as Christians. Every single one of us has already received mercy. We've already been the recipients of something that shouldn't have happened to us except God stepped in and said, I'm holding back what should happen to you and I'm giving you what you don't deserve. He's extended that to us. Remember what we read earlier, it says this, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy has made us alive in Christ, even while we were dead in our transgressions and sins. It's by grace we've been saved. God's mercy has said, I'm going to hold back what should happen to you, and I'm bringing you in to a new way. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this, All praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that you have been born again. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, we can now live in great expectation. See, this is how it works. God pours his justice and his judgment out on Jesus. He pours it out on Jesus so that he can pour his mercy on us. That's why the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. He's poured the justice out on Jesus so he can be merciful to us. I don't know, those of you who perhaps know the Bible, you'll know there's a parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 18 where two men go into the temple to pray and one is saying how brilliant he is and the other simply just bows down and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And even the sentence has the right order. God is on this side. We as sinners are on this side. But what's in the middle? Mercy. The fact that God says, I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to make what shouldn't happen, happen. I'm going to hold back what should happen in my mercy. That's the idea of mercy. It's this idea of reversing the natural consequences. You see, even in the Old Testament, even the way that the temple or the tabernacle was designed shows us that mercy covers judgment. You see, in the Holy of Holies, there was a, a, an ark and they had uh, all the law was placed inside the ark, but over the ark was what was called the mercy seat. That mercy covers over the law and what should happen. No wonder James says mercy triumphs over judgment. Let me ask you something. Are you one of those people? Are you one of those people that kind of keeps saying that person needs to get what they deserve? Are you a 
get-what-you-deserve type of person. You know, and there is a principle in Scripture, actually, where it says you reap what you sow. And, and some people uh, take that principle as if it's automatic, but what mercy does, it can break even into the reap what you sow principle. And, and when, it, when you are progressing in your life and, and you are reaping what you've sown, that it's in a negative direction, God's mercy breaks into that and can change that to turn you around so that you don't reap what you've sown, that Jesus' work breaks in, turns that around, and moves you into a different direction. You see, normally it works. Reap what you sow, but God's mercy can break in. Of course, the reap what you sow works when you're investing in the kingdom and you're investing in the right things. But can I ask you, can you be open for a mercy interruption? Can you be the sort of person that that allows God's mercy to break in, to come in, to invite that mercy in, and to have that turnaround? Or are you one of those people that are saying, well, I've come this far, I can't change. You need to understand that the mercy of God means that there can be a reversal opportunity. There can be a turnaround. That things that you deserve can be held back from you. Could you ask for God to right now say, well, God, I have messed up my life, but would you turn it round? And, and you as a Christian, can you begin to think, you know, if God saved me, surely... I can then go on from here. Even though I may not have been an amazing Christian, surely I can go on from here because God, by his very nature, he's a merciful God. And you aren't just going to automatically reap everything you've sown if you'll cry out to him and ask him for a reversal and a redemptive moment. So today I'm just going to give you three lessons on how to live as a Christian The reversal lifestyle. It's a strange title, isn't it? The reversal lifestyle. The turnaround lifestyle. Would you turn with me to one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible? And it's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Many of you will be able to quote this off by heart. But I want to read it to you because I want you to carefully notice how it's constructed. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 reads like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, look at this phrase, in view of God's mercy, because you can see the mercy of God, in view of God's mercy, I want you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you've done that, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Because we have this mercy, because of this holding back of God, this reversal of of our lives, of what should have happened to us, we now can live in a different way. Firstly, Number one, the way to live the reversal life, because you've got this mercy, you can now make consistent sacrifices without feeling like you're a doormat or you're anybody's 
fool. You can reverse that self-centeredness in your life and not feel that you've cheated yourself from within. You can actually do the opposite to what's expected and impact people. Jesus himself said this in Luke chapter 6 verses 35 and 36. He says, but love your enemies. Come on, reverse what's happening Love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting or getting anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be the children of the Most High, because he's kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. You know, you have to begin to look out for redemptive opportunities. For the things that, where things are going one way and because you know how much God has turned things around in your life, that you begin to say, you know what, I can sacrifice myself for others. I can turn it around for them. I can even turn the other cheek. I can act unexpectedly. You see, the way to live in God's mercy is to not just do the automatic, but to step back and say, God, Do you want something else to happen here? In the 18th century, John Wesley was a famous preacher in England, as you know, and uh, he was known for not liking decadent jewelry on women. That was his personal preference. And he was invited to a dinner party one night, and there was a young lady there who had lots and lots of jewelry on her hand. And his friend quite maliciously invited uh, him along and wondering if he would condemn this lady. And when the lady in those days, you know, they used to hold out their hand to, uh, to greet and she had lots of jewelry on her hand. The friend was completely expecting John Wesley to say, oh, why are you having that jewelry? We need to sell it and give to the poor and all the rest. And as she held out her hand, he said, oh my, what a beautiful hand. And he ignored the thing of his preference for the sake of the person. The lady went to his meeting that night, became a Christian, and became a strong Christian. You see, the first way to live in God's mercy is to do the unexpected, reverse how you're expected to behave, and give people a chance. Sacrifice your preference, and you won't feel like a doormat, because in view of God's mercy, of all that he's done for you, you are grateful and free. The second way to live the reversal life is because you have had all what has been held back from you and from what you deserve, you can begin to think differently. You can get off the treadmill of the way the world thinks and you can reverse your thinking and think better and clearer thoughts. In fact, Paul says, Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your thinking. Break the mold of their thinking and allow God to bring you better thoughts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it tells us how the Spirit of God speaks the thoughts of God into our minds. And that we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who from God helps us to understand what he has freely given us. In fact, what I want to say to you today is, try and learn this, what I call the holy pause moment. 
where, where you stop with the automatic thinking and think, God, have you got another thought here? I don't know about you, but I, I love uh, looking at optical illusions, although with my eyesight, I can't do those magic pictures and all those things that everybody else can do. I just can't see them. But that's the point about some people's thinking. They just can't see some things. But, you know, some optical illusions, if you take a step back and zoom out, then sometimes you can say, ah, that's what it is. And that's what looking at God's mercy is like. Because you know that God steps in and doesn't allow things to automatically take place, you can give yourself time to think, is there a different way of thinking? Am I just pushing my mind into a worldly mold or can I break that mold because I know what God is like? God steps in and says, I'm holding back what you deserve. I wonder if God could step into your mind and change the way that you think about someone or something. The last way that we can do this, what I call the reversed life, is because you've had had a reverse and that you've been forgiven. Remember Paul said, in view of God's mercy, in view of what's happened to you, because you've been forgiven, you can make a real head start on forgiving others. You from the healing platform of what God has done in your life, you can begin to release others who perhaps hurt you. I, you know, my wife the other day on our Zoom Bible study, she made a, a real comment. She said, well, Mark, if you and Peter were, were, the disciple, were in the disciples together, it would be a disaster, to which all the Zoom class thought it was a, a great comment by Kathy. I just want to say thank you for that, Kathy. It'd be a disaster if you and Peter were together because you're such strong personalities. But one day, Peter came along to Jesus. You can see it in Matthew chapter 18. And he, he thought he was being really really clever and pious by saying, Lord, if I forgive my brother seven times, is, is that enough? You see, in the Jewish way of thinking, uh, seven was the number of perfection. And so Jesus uh, was, was kind of smiling when Peter said it to him. And Peter thought, oh, I'm saying something really good here. But Jesus takes his words and says, well, if you can forgive seven times 77, then you're coming up to what God expects. And actually what Jesus was saying was, you need to completely forgive people. Completely times completely plus completely, that's how much you need to forgive. And in a sense, because God is so rich in mercy, and as we, in view of that mercy, see what he's done for us, we can then begin from that begin to release the people and indeed release the people who have hurt us. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we continually put ourselves in harm's way and allow somebody who's a fool to continually hurt us. But what it does mean is that we can keep our hearts and keep ourselves clear. You see, we need to live the reversed life. We need to live sacrificially, away from putting our own self first. We need to live in a new way of thinking, 
so that we give God chance to give us new thoughts. And we need to live in this life of keeping our hearts clear so that we can forgive. If you live as a sacrifice, as a sacrificial person, if you give yourself a chance to think things differently, if you will constantly keep your heart clear in forgiveness, then this becomes an offering of worship. And then you begin to know and begin to walk in the will of God. I want to close today by just simply saying we need to love mercy. We need to love the way that mercy brings us into a lifestyle. In fact, it says, doesn't it, in Micah chapter 6 verse 8, He has shown you, O mortal man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and then he says this, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. You see, we often, we don't love mercy. We're into the natural justice of things so much that we think mercy is, is something to be resisted. But actually, you need to posture your life so you actually love when mercy happens that you change your disposition away from and it's difficult for us changing your disposition away from uh, I hope that person gets what they deserve into I pray that they get a renewal and a reversal in life you see sometimes we're always saying oh they need to get what they deserve but why don't you pray I pray they get a change Do you need to give somebody a turnaround chance in your life? From your side, if your heart's clear and they are not responding, then fine, be at peace. But is there somebody that needs a turnaround opportunity in your thinking and in your life? You know, when I was a child, I used to play that game, Monopoly, did you? And uh, in fact, I, I, I believe that I've never lost at Monopoly. So there's a challenge for anybody. But part of Monopoly was, uh, you know, there was a go to jail, do not pass go, do not collect your $200. But then there was that, do you remember that? But in the Monopoly game where there's a get out of jail free card. I wonder if you could give somebody the get out of jail free card in your heart right now. Not by luck, not by chance, but from your will that you, because you see what God has done for you, because you understand his nature is he wants to hold back what people deserve, you give them that get out of jail card. And let them out of the jail of your condemnation. One of my favorite films, although, you know, some of the actors in it have really let us down now, was Pay It Forward. And I just wonder whether you could do a Pay It Forward act this week where you could give somebody something unexpected and that that would inspire them to do something for somebody else. I was reading a story in, uh, in Seattle in Starbucks. There was a drive through Starbucks and somebody paid for the coffee of the person behind them and so that person thought, I'll pay for their coffee of the person behind them and it created an 11-hour chain of people paying for each other's coffee before it was broken. I wonder this week whether or not 
you could say, I'm going to pay something forward unexpectedly. Maybe on your holidays, buy somebody an ice cream who, who, who doesn't expect it. And maybe, maybe you could just do somebody, pay for somebody's parking in the, in the car park or something. Maybe you could just pay something forward so that we begin to hear God's heart of how he wants to bless us and turn us around. You see, because the important thing is this, every single one of us can sometimes be too hard on ourselves. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be disciplined and that we shouldn't be faithful and we shouldn't be diligent. I'm not preaching a slack gospel, but God who is rich in mercy wants to hold some things back so that we can go in a different direction. And in your mind and in your psyche right now, why don't you give yourself another chance for God to put something in your life and bless you. So this week, give somebody a turnaround opportunity in your life. Give them a get out of jail free card. This week, why don't you pay it forward and just do an act of kindness because it will bless your life. And why don't you in your own heart say, you know what? God, you're rich in mercy. I will start again, even if I've messed up. And I will learn how to be different this time. Why don't we listen to somebody? Solve somebody's problem for them. And then you'll be beginning to hear what God's mercy is like. Those of you who know me, you know I've just bought a new car. And the salesman who sold me the car, as I went to pick it up, He tuned in the radio to a Christian radio station when we turned on the ignition because he thought, well, I've listened to what this family is like and I want to go with where they are. That's somebody being considerate. That's somebody saying, I want to show a little bit of mercy. The habit of showing mercy will change you. Come on, let's pray together and let's just enjoy the mercy of God in our own lives. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you right now for everybody who's been listening and watching. And I pray that they will see you on that cross saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And the truth was, Lord, that some of the people did know what they were doing. They didn't know the enormity of what they were doing, but Lord, they knew that they were killing an innocent person in you. But Lord, in your mercy, you allowed that so that we could have a turnaround. And in Jesus' name now, I pray that you will give us the opportunity to accept that turnaround. That Lord, we won't live in this natural way of just getting what we deserve. Thank you, Lord, that as we receive your love, we can then go on from there and move into deeper, deeper experience with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.